What do you think of it? How did yesterday go for you? Pretty good. No. Not good. Why not? You guys got four reps on the first one. Four reps on the... Oh, oh, that one. Oh. Ben, yeah, oh, we yeah. started benching. It was uh, you and Lauren and Sarah. Yeah. Well, girls benching is, you know, it's like... That's Lauren sexist. Lauren is super strong. And then, well... And then thrusters... I didn't do the level three on that either. I what about the row? Did you do that RX? Yeah. If you count like 1,200 calories an hour RX. No, we were doing 15, uh, That's actually more 15, than I usually go at. We did 1,500. You were at 1,500? Yeah. God, I was rowing at like 1,000. Well, you shouldn't take your rowing uh, advice from Colette. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just she actually gets more out of her rowing than yeah, we do. That's true. So much she going probably on. burns more calories. You know, she's completely technique free. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty liberating though. It's a, just watch it's, it, you know? it's a free flowing ad lib movement. But her yeah. face is so serious. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite thing. Well, I'm watching her work out. Like she she's moving fast. <laughs> she isn't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, my favorite part of yesterday's walk was when, who is it, Sarah got put with you? Yeah. And she goes, Katie? Like, Katie, Katie? Whatever. How did, you, Seth, and Ash, who, was, who did the best? I don't know, we all did different. I did the most bench, Brian I think. Brian said they were better on bench than him. Brian did a couple of Ash's thrusters, I think. Is that a power move? What's that? Like, no, I'll take care of your thrusters for you. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Lauren did Ashley. that to me, and I was like, yeah. uh, wait, what? <laughs> well, we were just but really shooting. It was all good. She was like, probably just, let's get the show on the road here, lady. We were just all shooting right. to beat Makunda and Sean's score from earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a drop-in with him. Who was, yeah. He looked, he looked pretty serious to me, the drop-in. Yeah, they got 14 bench. Oh, you got 41 or something, right? I got 18. <laughs> Ash got... 15. I think Brian said he got like 8 or something like that. You're not going to compete with Seth in no. a bro walk. No. no, and guess how many of those I locked out? None. Not a one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Here we ready? go. This is No Rep Podcast coming to you at PVCF in Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, this is podcast 1.10. Uh, we're here today with Katie Monahan who is, among other things, a two-time Olympic downhill skiing athlete. Um, and we're going to talk about a few different things, but I think we should start with a keto update. <laughs> keto update. Okay, so I've kind of studied off weight-wise. I've learned I'm probably carrying around like eight to nine pounds of water weight. Went out last night. Um, had a few too many drinks and knocked myself out of ketosis. And I was at a, a four when I went out, and I was at a point four this morning. So that's a percentage I was over. Drop. I, was, and I was at a three this morning right. without any. <laughs> right. And I, I feel though I was overserved. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. So, how did your. But, so now what happens? Now you're out of ketosis, now what? Get what back in. I haven't eaten. I'm in a fast today for a while. Till like this till later. Till after your nap. Till after I take a nap. Yeah. This is week three or four? I'm going on 
I'm in the fourth week. Is this a lifestyle, or is this just a like? Is, is this supposed to just accomplish something or reset the mechanism? What does this do? I'm hoping that it is going to break my desire for high carb, high sugar foods. All right, so we know that it's going to fail. Okay, right. Uh, so this is basically useless. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that was the keto update. All right. Drink less, do more keto. Right. Uh, here's our disclaimer. Uh, if you're looking for CrossFit or fitness advice, uh, we have no background in fitness, wrong health, place. or training. You're in the wrong place. Uh, you're not going to learn how it's supposed to be done here. Uh, you may find out how it's actually done. Yes. <laughs> so, so, Katie, Katie Monahan. Yeah. You want to say like what Olympics you were in? I was in the 1998 Olympics in Nagano, Japan. And 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City, Utah. What's it's just? Not, I just yeah. want to kind of fill out the the your your athletic background. Uh, subsequent to, well, first of all, you were on this U.S. ski team for a decade or so. Ages. Yeah. <laughs> thirteen years. Wow. Yeah. So you were a ski bum for thirteen years. Yeah. You did you have a real job? No. They just paid you to ski. Yeah, I mean, they don't pay you per se. You make money through contracts, through sponsors, through victory schedules, meaning based on your results, prize money. And then after you finished skiing, you did some cycling, did you not? Well, yeah. So when I decided to stop skiing was when I had my, I had to go in for my sixth knee surgery and I decided I pretty, pretty much better stop because otherwise I wouldn't be able to do anything active. The rest like of my life, yeah, exactly, which was dicey there for a while. But I was still a super competitive person, and my whole identity in my life had been as an athlete and competing on the world stage, which was sort of a very big privilege. So I wasn't ready to just not be an athlete anymore. So then I started biking, and it was awesome. And then I started winning and getting money biking, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, something else I could do physically right. to get paid to do. Yeah, so that was really fun. Nothing I could get paid to do physically is legal. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, socially acceptable. <laughs> nice. So, so then from there you went on to what I consider your your life's biggest challenge, Crowning which achievement. is yeah. competing with Steph. Yes. Right. Yes. I have this is the penultimate. That's where I've been <laughs> trying to get to my whole life. And I have no Olympic experience. And yet here you are. Right. My deal was all through college. So four years of college, all through I went I worked for two years in between college and grad school. I never commuted a bike car. I always rode my bike. It was. Snow. There's things I, I had studded tires on my bike. Studded bike tires. Yeah. I now I didn't know that existed. Yeah, no. they're awesome. Yeah, I went one year. You can't take a pinprick. She's out yeah. there. She commutes and through snowstorms. Yeah. We studied tires. Was it uphill both ways? Yeah. yeah. One winter in Colorado, I had crashed my car, so I didn't have a car for a year. So I just used my bike, and it was fantastic. Wait, you have probably the best spatial awareness of anyone on the planet, and you crashed your car. Yes. In the snow. Yes. In the snow. Oh, that could happen. Yeah. It so did. this is, but that was a, that's a pretty good segue. You know, I, you know, we can talk about anything we want because we've got an Olympic athlete on the program. So we've, we have already won when we hit play. But, right. Uh, right. I, you know, to, to me, the thing that jumps out about, about you, Katie, as an athlete is how you deal with 
like your perseverance within a lot and how you perceive pain and how you perceive tough workouts and how you go in a way that it seems to me other people don't go. Like Seth. No, I have a very strong self-preservation mechanism. <laughs> I do not like to be hurt. You, Seth can go. Seth can go all out for three minutes. You're right. That yes. was actually something that I. Short duration. A question that I wrote down. So, do you think that your body, just through years of you know lengthy workouts, is totally adapted to liking longer workouts as opposed to short bursts? Well, I think physiologically, I am better equipped for an endurance type of stress than I am for a short power-based stress. I don't have, like, a lot of quick twitch muscle fibers, meaning I don't generate a ton of power. Yeah. And so when I'm trying to do that over and over again, I get really fatigued. Yeah. So Fran, but, for example, yes. like thr- like doing like twenty one fifty nine right. of thrusters and pull ups. That's just a problem. max effort for three minutes. Zero. Yeah, that's hard because I like unlike Seth, he can do thrusters. Like he can generate power, so he can do them very quickly. I can't do them very quickly because I can't generate that power to even do the reps quickly. So trying to go as fast as possible that whole time is just it's incredibly hard for me. So let me ask you a follow up. Yeah. So do you think that that could change if you? worked on, could you adapt your body to being right. more of a strength quick? So I, I mean, that is what a lot of CrossFit is, so I'm, I am actively trying to get better at that. Oh, okay. So when I was racing, we had a ton of physical testing on the ski team, and skiers are typically high power output athletes like Seth here, or Tony. Very high power. And our testing, we would have things like peak power, peak lactate. And the idea would be that you would do a sprint test. Like if you, you could do it on the ab bike or um, we did it on a little bike. So you get a pricked for lactate. And the idea is to have a max power output and then to see what your graph looks like over, say, the course of 20 or 30 seconds. And typically power athletes will have a huge spike and then they just have a huge fade. And I would have a small spike and then just a straight across graph. And they were like, hmm. You know, that's not what we're looking for. I'm like, I'm trying. I am trying. <laughs> I've never, I'm, I'm pretty much test free. I have no idea yeah. what's going on inside my body. Well, apparently there's nothing going They're inside not, your head. Yeah, either. right. <laughs> so, okay, so if you walk through it, like your experience at CrossFit is probably different from, I mean, we all have different experiences at yeah. CrossFit. But like, for example, we go out to do the, the WAD a couple of days ago, and it starts with an 800 meter run. Yeah. And it was... Brian went off like like somebody said the building was about to explode. Yeah. And then you were second and I was third. I wasn't too far behind you. And then we had to get in. Who and was then fourth? Was, I, I assumed you were fourth. I was fourth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get back in and we jump up onto Toaster Bar. It's 25 Toaster Bar. And you, you, I think you, you may not have broken. No, I didn't. Okay. But, so how does that happen? What, the unbroken toaster bar? Yeah, I mean, like, and then you just, you, you seem, like... You can't chalk that up to strong hip flexors and stuff. Like, there's something else going on, right? I, you would think. Yeah. So you tell um, us. Well, you did the unbroken, didn't you say? Did not. Oh. Well, let me ask it a different way. I mean, I think most people think, and maybe we're wrong, is most people think, like, oh, world-class athletes got gears, gears that I don't have or 
genetics that I don't have or a mindset that I don't have or and, yeah. and maybe that's not true but that's sort of what jumps out at me is there are certain things that you you do at CrossFit that make me think that's next level that's something I don't do yeah well I think I don't often think about like Seth will often say well we're going to break up these toes to bar we're going to break up these pull ups right and what do I always say no no we're not like, well he's sandbagging <laughs> No, I'm trying to convince her to break them up. Yeah, he wants to be one of <laughs> Because I know that I can't do them um, No, I think I play a little head games with myself. I always think I should try to do what might not be possible because oftentimes that it, it is possible. So how would you ever know if you could do it or not do it if you've already planned that you're not going to do it? Because um, I always plan. No, I always plan that I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> A hundred percent of the time. Well, you, al- you always say you're not going to be able to do it, and then you typically do it. Yeah. That's his way of getting himself. Um, I wanted to... Yeah. Like, if you say, like, the other day we had, like, a hundred kettlebell swings, which, and the weight wasn't super heavy. I think it was 35 for me, and it was probably 53 for you guys. And so you say to yourself, well, I could at least do 50 of those, right? Unbroken. Yeah. And then if you... If you, well, that's how I, th- and then if I get to 50, I usually will tell myself, oh, you could do five more. And then I say, oh, well, what's wrong with five more? And then I, my brain is like, oh, you're at 60? Oh, that's sweet. I think you should do another five more. And then when I get to where I'm at 70, I think I've already done 70. What's 30? 30 more. 30 more is nothing compared to 70. And then I just do the rest of them. So it's I like think... a constant dialogue that I have with myself about another five. I oh, think that's very atypical you do yes well think of like but at the same time that your mind is thinking that your body has to be in extreme pain yeah. it's gotta be screaming sometimes yeah yeah do you scream but, back <laughs> I often tell myself when I'm real, my body's really screaming that it's supposed to this is not supposed to feel like good right because yeah. you know I mean my experience is you know, I, I have an amazing amnesia. So, like, we went out yesterday for the, or the other day for that workout, and we start at the 800, and my first thought is, I'll beat Katie at this. Like, I'll at least stay with her at this. At the 800? At the 800. Uh. And I figured Brian was going to beat me. But I thought, like, if I can stay with you for the 800, then I can probably stay with you for the rest of it. What? Yeah. Okay. And... And then we got to the toaster bar. She's laughing right and, now. Um, and about, off, yeah, you and just can't see well, it. Yeah. And about eight toaster bar, in, toaster bar in, I know I have to stop. And you kept going. I, I could have had the same dialogue that you had in your brain, but it wouldn't have done any good because I couldn't do another freaking T to B without stopping. I disagree. So do you think it's more of a mental space for you? Yeah. Than a physical space? Yeah. So you're physically capable of doing things. Most of us probably are, but are not mentally capable of doing At this point, and for a lot of us, yes. I think we are fit and strong enough that you could do more than you think you can. Okay. I'm going to just, just completely cross over lines and just ask, how does CrossFit training compare to ski prep training? Because as you all know, Greg Glassman invented hard workouts. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't exist before Greg right. Glassman. Right. You know, because no, 
if you read the literature, it's all about you can't do CrossFit because everybody's going to get hurt because the workouts are so intense. Oh. So they hit it. So you finished your career, your skiing career, in what two thousand? Um, 2003. Okay. Well, that CrossFit was invented in 04, I think. I was in middle school. Thank you. Yeah. So, you didn't have an, a single intense workout your entire skiing career. Hmm. So, what the hell did you do? Well... Is there weightlifting? Is it... A ton of weightlifting. So, yeah. like you, Seth, I started lifting in high school. Mm-hmm. Before high school, actually. Yeah. Very, very similar to CrossFit training. There's Olympic lifts. We did hang cleans. We did back squatting, front squatting. We did a ton of plyometric work. What's it's all plyometric about work? Power. Plyometric work is jumping. Why didn't you say jumping? Because we call it's them fancy. plyometrics. Fancy, fancy. The <laughs> Olympic training center. <laughs> Box jumps. But even stuff like you go out in your yard or you go out on a hill, which we did, I went to a a ski academy on a dirt road with hills, and you do plyometrics, meaning you'll just do one-legged jumps all the way up the hill, forwards, backwards, sideways, uh, multiple jumps off one leg, two legs, so a lot of power training. Sounds good for your knees. I don't know. Uh, A lot of running. Related to that, though, Seth, is there a sense in which these people who are training you have, like understand that you've got to live in this body for the rest of your life? I don't think that exists for for professional athletes. That part of the mindset of any kind of future quality of life. You, know, you think about any professional football players, baseball players. They're in the moment. They're in the now. They're doing whatever it takes and they're abusing their body to the point where most likely in their old age they don't they can't do anything. Yeah, you definitely see that. Yeah. But they get paid millions of dollars. Yeah, good point, good point. But okay, so I'm sorry, so you're you you've got training that's designed for no other reason than to make you a world class skier. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it was a lot a lot like CrossFit. When I found CrossFit, I you know, I found something that I recognized and had done a lot of Weightlifting wise, do you think you were stronger then or stronger now? Uh, I don't know. I say strong, and I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, I know. Because strong is relative, but I can rep out about ninety-five percent of my one rep max right. for a long period of time, but my one rep max is not high. Were you like the like the outlier? Like, did, um, did people talk about that? Did you know you were an outlier? I think I was a little bit of an outlier. I mean, I was strong and fit, but I wasn't, like, lifting Seth. like Seth. Yeah. 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 I'm an Adonis. Um, I had a lot of mental games. <laughs> Not wearing that shirt you yeah. wore. <laughs> I've had better mornings than I had this morning, okay? Mental game. I just Perseverance. Wanna... Those were a lot of my traits that took me a long way. People take that stuff for granted. It's funny that you say that because I can... I know your mental game and I easily manipulate you maybe I just workouts. let you think that okay I know which, which segues into the yeah. next thing which is how you guys evolved as friends yeah. excuse me frenemies I don't know how <laughs> I don't even remember meeting you do you remember well you still haven't no. met the real stuff yeah, no true. he's in there somewhere he's well, in there somewhere I showed up I don't know at least a year or two after you guys and you guys were 
Like you were always just at, you were always back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I think Seth relates to people through conflict. And for some reason, Don't he, tell loves, that. he loves his conflict with you. Well, I'm super used to it. I grew up as a you know, girl athlete, which is basically growing up in a, as a tomboy in a guy's world. Because you're, if you're a good athlete as a girl, a lot of times you're just competing with guys or you're just hanging out with guys. Well, you know, just flipping back, um, I'm a little... You know, I've read a little bit about, like, where... CrossFit came from when how it evolved. I don't apologize to my listeners if this in any way sounds like I'm about to convey information or not. But it seems to me that like I'll take it personally. Growing up, we didn't do we like athletes didn't do Olympic lifts. We didn't mobilize the way we mobilize here. Like cardio was like 40 minutes of jogging. It wasn't there wasn't any high intensity interval training. None of that stuff. So. It seems like CrossFit is, is, is something that is bringing all that stuff back, but what you're saying is it never left. It's just the elite athletes were doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, why didn't you tell us? I was busy. <laughs> Winning stuff. Yeah. <laughs> busy, busy, busy using the, the, their, it to their advantage. Suffering. There's a lot of suffering. I mean, think about running intervals doing plyometrics and running five miles and lifting weight all I prefer know, not to think school. about running <laughs> at all. Yeah, it was a lot of running. When I went to high school, 6.30 every morning, you had to run four miles. What? Yeah. Is that legal? <laughs> that yeah. sounds like... My dad would do that to us. He would just drop us off anywhere, anytime, and tell us we had to run. Either up some mountain or home... <sighs> My dad just hit me with the car once, and that was that was all we did. So I have a I have a follow up question. So do you yeah. find it harder to drive yourself and do that mental game with yourself if there's fifty shoulder to overheads at a, a heavy weight for you? Is that different than doing fifty kettlebell swings? Not really. I mean, I I try to have the same the same strategy. It's just that. Either you can lift it or you can't lift it. But sometimes I just do it anyway and I go a lot slower or I don't get all the reps in. I mean, so that's a different experience. But I do try to get stronger despite what Seth says. <laughs> what do you think, Tony? Do you approach that differently? I know that you we've talked off-air about you not having a lot of thoughts go through your head throughout um, yeah. a workout. But before the workout, are you approaching 50 something at heavy weight versus 50 toes to bar or 50 sit-ups when i do totally different it's at at an emotional output level if my mindset if i'm doing say cindy Mm -hmm. so 5 10 15 of pull-ups push-ups air squats i know that i could potentially be on the board i know that it's my jam my mindset is like very calm very focused if it's a workout that's say, you know, 135 shoulder to overhead for 50 reps. I know that's going to be brutal for me, and I tend to generate sort of an agitated emotional state. Yes. And just get, like, all kinds of angry and, like, throw the weights around and just... And I'm not really sure why I do that. I don't know that I'm doing it on purpose or whether it's just what happens, but that's... So my mindset isn't different. My emotional state's different. Okay. Yeah. 
I feel the opposite. When I know that I have a workout I'm going to do well in, I get very, like, nervous, butterflies, stressed out, because I know it's going to hurt a lot, because I'm going to have to try If go it's something really you've done fast. before. Yeah. Yeah. Versus if I'm doing something that's incredibly heavy, and I'll be lucky to get 25 out of the 50 reps... What's there to be nervous about? Yeah, you know you're going to quit. I'm just just barely able to do it, and it's not impressive in the least. And I barely get a workout because my heart rate's probably still at 80, and then I've done 25 (laughs) reps. (laughs) So we could touch on that a little bit, what something you just said, like expectations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, obviously you had expectations as a professional athlete. Right. Do you feel that now that you're here and people say, oh my God, that's Katie? I don't want to be with the Katie, right? The Katie. Yeah. The. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I doesn't Especially really... for stuff like that you could potentially get on the board for or that you're right. expected to do well at. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel a lot of pressure from other people. I feel pressure from myself. Honestly, when I leave work and I'm driving to the gym and maybe I know what the workout is, maybe I don't know what the workout is, I have the same level of, like, anticipatory nervousness and stress every single time I'm just going to the gym. Like, just leaving work. You get nervous going to the gym? Every single day. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Maybe it's because she doesn't know what type of zingers we have in store <laughs> when she gets here. Because I have to prep for set. Yeah. No, yeah, every You need to be in a special day. mindset when I... Like, literally full of adrenaline, like, nervous, jacked up, just to go to the gym every day. Wow. And I don't know if that's just a, like, a... Is that normal? A, I mean, I don't know. A normal, learned physiological yeah. reaction to competing my whole life, but that is just how I've felt in my whole life, competing for every... But now it just, it's just what happens every single time. Wow. Do you yeah. feel that you're competing more with yourself or with other people here? Because I think we all secretly, we know that you secretly like when you beat us in the workouts. I just secretly grind, like it? Yeah. I don't think it's you a just secret. grind us into dust, right? Oh, I feel it. Yeah. I absolutely feel it. Like, I felt that, like, when she felt me, like, uh, like, on her tail on the 800. Yeah. And I could tell. She walked away from me in the toaster bar, and I could feel it from across the room that she was like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try to keep up try with that. Try to do it, Yeah. Yeah. I could feel it. No. I could feel it. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. so funny. Everyone has their perception. I was more like, what the heck? Brian is oh. already done with his first round and I'm still doing rope. Th- what? Brian's not even on my radar at that point. He's too far ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you think it's more no, about it's yourself? it's definitely fun competing against your peers. And sure. I mean, the days when I beat Seth, it's very, very satisfying. Oh, I thought you were going to say very, very rare. <laughs> Um, Let me ask But it really is within myself during a workout. It's a constant, constant battle with yourself during a workout. I'm I'm just, sort of one topic I wanted to hit on was that it seems like a lot of world-class athletes, you know, you look at them when they're no longer competing and it seems like a lot of them don't keep competing. Yeah. And so I guess there's, the question is how, yeah, how does your mindset change how does your experience change of coming in here to compete against us for nothing right, as right. compared to, like, you know, being in the Olympics? It, it was a hard transition. When I first decided to stop, I, I felt a big loss. You know, your whole identity is tied up in that. It's not, 
like you're just Katie. It's oh, you're Katie the skier. And then when you're not Katie the skier anymore, who the heck are you? Um, you're nobody like Steph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been living our whole lives like that. So I, mean, I went from like being special to just literally. I was like, wow, I'm just like everyone else now. Um, but I've always that's so mean. <laughs> that's so mean. I didn't just say that. No, I've always been ambitious. And I don't think it was always just to be, I don't know, I was always ambitious to do my best. For some reason, I have this weird thing, like if it's school, if it's cleaning my house, if it's whatever it is, like it needs to be done really, really well. So it's just part of my personality to do whatever I do really, really yeah, that well. Probably, that probably doesn't serve you at all during life. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a, just a touch of that. <laughs> But you do have to change your perspective. I mean, I'm never going to be the athlete that I was when I was in my teens and 20s. And I've just come to reconcile that in every stage of my life, you know. But I just enjoy moving. I I enjoy competing. And you have to frame it in whatever way. Now I enjoy competing against, you know, someone like Seth. I have to be happy Those with that. Those average people that you've come <laughs> back down to earth. Yeah, how's it feel? Uh, but this year I got to compete like on the world stage, so that was fun. You know. Oh I yeah, that's right. You went to whatever online qualifier, which was for pretty, masters. basically pretty masters rewarding. Regional. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I just, wasn't going to get far in that, but I made it to that, yeah. and I, I I had to get my first muscle up for it. And I, yeah, so, you know, there's still, like, all kinds. I learn, and I, I still get better all the time. Uh, I think being willing to accept different, um, know, like, just being willing to accept that you get older, things change, you get more limited, but just being happy that you can work within your limitations. Something Something Seth had to get used to from a very early age. I've been working with a lot of limitations. (laughs) I mean, mental, physical. So you might not know, but when I was born, I was born with... Three nipples? No, one of my (laughs) legs was twisted all the way around. It was up around my neck. Yeah. So I was in a cast for a long time when I was a baby. They didn't think I was ever going to walk. Wow. And look at you now. And look at me now. Other other thoughts, other topics. I have one, which is that you're, um, my sense of you, and I could be wrong about this, is that you're either on the, on the introvert-extrovert scale, you tend to be on the introverted side, at least in my experience. Yes. You seem to be more than willing to be, for example, when I started coming here, I'd come in and you'd be up on the bike, riding the bike, the stationary bike. Yeah. I would never do that in a million years, for the simple reason that it isolates me from the crowd. So, do you feel like there's a different, like, CrossFit to me tends to be a place where you, your extroverts tend to tend to gravitate towards it. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but what's your experience as, as somebody who's maybe not as extroverted? I'm just a very practical person, so I rode the bike because I needed to warm up. It oh, wasn't any kind of consideration that's, right, that's, about, right. you know... We all know that's not true. So chatting with anyone. It okay, was. So, you, so, so it's part of my nervous, nervous energy that I need to, like, I better warm up. I better, you know, get ready. Because there's a workout coming. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I have bad knees, so the idea of doing pogo jumps and jumping jacks before I have any sort of blood running to them was... Know, excruciating, 
Oh, the uh, oh, you're thinking oh, about the, the dynamic. The dynamic. That was what we were always yeah. supposed to be doing, and I was like, that feels not so good. So I'm gonna ride the bike. Can I ask you a couple questions about that? The dynamic workout. Warm up. Warm up. Is that a CrossFit thing or is that just no. a PVC? All right. It's terrible. <laughs> I used to start start doing some of it, and then I slowly cut out each like things that started to hurt, hurt me. Hurt you? Yes. Yeah, and so I was left with uh, like. <laughs> Arm circles and circle. right and three position pigeon pose. That's all I had left. Do we have more topics, more stuff? Just talk. Tell us. We have talked about open workouts a couple of times, right? Do you approach those any differently? Because you know that that's like when you're competing in here against us on a Tuesday, right? That's just like a regular workout. But when you know that this is the one that counts, right? Yeah, I have these five workouts. Do you approach those any differently? You're gonna think this is weird, but I don't. No, I, I don't do think that's weird. I think I knew the answer. The same as I do the open workout. That's why I do one the open workout once. I just do everything always as hard as I think I can. And there's our answer, folks. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be world class, do everything like it's the end of the world. Right. Like in July. And on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Exactly. When you haven't slept. I mean, who Holy wants crap. to do those workouts twice? Wait a minute. You've like, been here seven years or six years or whatever it is. You've never phoned in a workout. <laughs> I phone them in twice a week. I, yeah. I want to, and I can't. Okay, so she doesn't approach the open workouts, the ones that actually matter, that you pay to do, that can get you someplace. Just the same as every single day. Okay, which, which, said, which, which says something about... Her approach to everyday working out is very different from mine. I, yeah, I but think I, it's I also that. think that that's pretty hard. It's a pretty difficult challenge to, let's say, not necessarily always approach a workout with, you know, I'm gonna kill it. This is gonna be my best performance ever, and then expect that you can you can do that and produce significant results only at one time of the year. Like, I try to tell myself I can turn it on. It has to be like performing, in my opinion. So that's what we're doing wrong. <laughs> Put that on the list of things we've been doing wrong. Yeah. All right. Because I mean, I definitely approach them differently. Yeah. I try to it eat better, to work for you, sleep though. better. But let's say you were doing that all year long. I mean, you would probably be at a whole nother level. I think I would burn out. What do do you think you would burn out, Tony? If you were doing just approaching, I'm burned out just thinking about. Right. It. Yeah. I think that that is a big difference between me and you is that I could not get up for a workout like that every single day. The same way I get up for an open workout. Yeah. No, sometimes I find myself, yeah, I feel like I'm too tired to literally annihilate myself. But it seems to happen anyway. The annihilation? Yeah, the effort. I feel like, oh, I can't pop. Like today, I'm like, oh, this looks really hard. I don't know. But then I go. Yeah. Because I'm not willing to push myself on an everyday workout to the place I'm willing to push myself for an open workout. Not that I care that much about the open, but it is fun to compete and see yourself on that yeah. leaderboard, right? Yeah. And yeah. That's just me. Yeah, that's why you're always going to be on the PVCF leaderboard. Right, and not the, not the global leaderboard. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's it. That's 1.10. Any last thoughts, Katie? So, Katie, will you come back and see us again? Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye.